I'm pulling up my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, so today, uh, the origin of today's topic is an interesting one. So I did a podcast that I just released in my time that was called Early Worlds because I was talking about the first five world championships. But a bunch of people were sad because they thought I was talking about the early worlds of magic. And I thought, oh, the worlds of magic, all the different planes. That's actually, a, that's a cool topic. So today I'm going to go through all of magic and talk about all the planes we've ever visited, uh, at least in major, um, in major products. Uh, I'm not going to get to all the... All the, there's a bunch we've gotten to small products, um, but in the major products, I'm going I'm to walk through all of them so you will know where all the different planes of magic are. So this is a little, a little primer on the major planes of magic. So we're going to start with the beginning of the game back in Alpha, Alpha, Beta, Limited. Um, so uh, the, the game began on the plane of Dominaria. Um, there wasn't a lot of story in, uh, you know, when Richard first made the game, but there were a lot of, like, place names, you know, Valanawar, uh, you know, there was Valanawar Elves and the Benelish Hero and, you know, there definitely the Kelden Warrior. There definitely was references to places and stuff. Um, anyway, so we first met Dominaria, and Dominaria is, as you will see, uh, a world that we will visit quite a bit in the early years. Okay, next we have Arabian Nights. Well, Arabian Nights uh, introduced the world of Rabia, the plane of Rabia, which was us uh, trying to be cutesy with Arabian Nights. Well, why is it Arabian? Well, it's Arabian because it's from Rabia. It's Arabian. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Rabia, Richard, Arabian Nights is Richard taking the influence of Arabian Nights, the tales of Arabian Nights, and very literally doing that world. It, it's not a world influenced by the Arabian Nights. It's a world that is the Arabian Nights, um, straight up. And so it's not a world we really plan to revisit because it's not our own world, per se. I mean, it exists in the multiverse, technically. Um, but it is not really our world as much as it's us visiting somebody else's world. So um, that is Rabia. Have you ever heard of Rabia? That is the set that Arabian Nights visited. Okay, after Arabian Nights was Antiquities. So Antiquities is Dominaria. Antiquities was the first set to really uh, tell a story in Dominaria. So... Antiquities told the, the, the Brothers' War, in which Urza and Mishra, two artificers, fight against one another uh, in the battle uh, against, um, uh, I don't know, each other. Uh, it introduces the Frexians for the first time, um, and a lot of, it, it takes place in, like, uh, Benalia and Lanawar, and all, a lot of the, those names you heard from, uh, from Alpha start showing up in the story. Um, the story is told through artifacts. It's kind of like you're digging up artifacts and learning of the story from long ago. That, that's how the, the story was told in, in, uh, in Antiquities. Um, oh, by the way, there are a whole bunch of planeswalkers that you might know that come from Dominaria. Um, this is probably not an extensive list, but uh, it's a decent list. Uh, so Liliana uh, is from Dominaria. Venser, who uh, died uh, in the Time Spiral stories from Dominaria. Fraley's Teferi. Karn, Jaya Boward, Urza, Jessica, and we believe Nicole Bolas. I think Nicole Bolas is from Dominaria. Um, I'm not 100% on that one because he's a mysterious dragon who lies all the time, but I, I think he's from Dominaria. The first time we ever saw him was in Legends, which is in Dominaria. We'll get there in a second. Um, but anyway, um, so that was us. I mean, so Antiquities is the first kind of story set in Dominaria. Dominaria was definitely meant to be a more generic kind of, um, of plane. You know, it, it is, 
Richard wanted to hit a lot of the basic tropes of fantasy, and so Dominaria let him do that. Um, so after Antiquities was Legends. Legends, I think, primarily took place in Dominaria. Um, we, we met a lot of, of uh, heroes. Um, basically, Legends was based upon uh, Steve Conard was the head designer or lead designer of the set, and he and his friends did a lot of role-playing. It was a lot of cards based on characters and stuff they had done through their role-playing. Um, but anyway, um, I think the majority of Legends is in Dominaria. Then we have The Dark, that's also on Dominaria. What started happening in the early days, though, is instead of um, like visiting different worlds, they just kind of moved around on the continents of one world, which kind of... It is odd when you have like planeswalkers that can visit planes from, uh, from a multiverse how many times we just went to a different continent rather than went to a different plane. Um, in modern day technology, a lot of the things here would have been their own plane. It wouldn't have been yet another continent. Um, so the dark, after the dark was Fallen Empires, which took place on a new place called Sarpedia, I believe. Um, and that was about warring, warring tribes fighting each other. Um, so after Fallen Empires was Ice Age. So Ice Age, once again, we went to a new uh, continent called Tercier, where we had a whole story there. And um, we met... Uh, oh, Tevish Svat is another planeswalker. I think, I think it's from Dominaria. Um, but anyway, we... Uh, and Fraley's is this part of the story... Um, we sort of learn about just a, a different story and about the, the Ice Age that overtakes it. Now, but once again, in the early days, had we really sort of adopted the, what we currently do, the idea of, you know, we're going to different worlds, the icy world would have been its own plane, you know, and the jungle plane, we'll get to in a second, would have been its own plane. But instead, there are just lots of continents on the same world. Which, by the way, makes revisiting Dominaria tricky because Dominaria, like most worlds now, have one, you know cohesive theme to it. Uh, and Dominaria, because we just kept, instead of going to new worlds, we kept just finding new continents. It kind of like, it's a lot of planes in one, which makes it a little trickier for us to, to revisit. Anyway, after Ice Age is Homelands. So Homelands introduces us to a new plane, uh, Ogrotha. And uh, it is, I guess the closest thing to is uh, kind of like a gothic horror plane. In fact, when we made Innistrad, we talked about, did we want to, instead of making a new plane, revisit Ogrotha and make that the Gothic horror plane? Um, the problem was that Ogrotha has a lot of baggage. Like, uh, when it was made, it was uh, made by two guys who worked at Wizards, um, Kyle Namvar and Scooter, what was Scooter's last name? Scott Hungerford. Uh, Scooter's his nickname. Um... And they, at the time, uh, one of them, Kyle, worked in customer service, I think. Um, he might have run customer service. And Scooter was in continuity, which is what we used to call the creative team. Although, back when they just did story. Um, no, I, I guess they did art. They did art and story. So, essentially, what we would call the creative team used to be called continuity. Um, anyway, they uh, really took elements that were popular early in the game. Sarah Angel, Sanger Vampire, um, Herloon Minotaur and really sort of made a world that made all those early popular cards make sense. So um, you find out this is where Sarah went to hide. Sarah and Faraz were lovers, Planeswalker lovers, and they hid out here. I don't think either of them's from here, but uh, maybe they were. Um, I don't think they're from here, though. They hid out, and anyway, it's, it's a wonky plane. Um, there's some cool things about it, but it has a very hodgepodgey feel. Like, you know, aboriginal minotaurs don't really make a lot of sense in gothic horror worlds, you know, so it, it, it's, 
it's its own world. Um, so after Homeland um, was Alliances. Alliances is back on Air, so a continuation of Ice Age. So that is uh, another set set on Dominaria. Um, so after Ice Age, we come to Mirage. Uh, Ice Age. After Alliances, we come to Mirage, which was set on yet another continent called Jamora that was very African-influenced. The Mirage set had uh, used Af- African imagery as kind of the support. So if the world, you know, I guess a continent as opposed to a world, but a continent influenced by African influences. So, um, still, so still in Dominaria. So Mirage and um, Visions and Weatherlight all take place on Mirage. I'm not on Mirage, on uh, Jamora. Um, uh, and really, there's a story that ran through Mirage and Visions. And the Weatherlight is the beginning of the Weatherlight saga, um, for those that know that, what that is. Uh, basically, it's a story uh, I and my uh, co-worker of mine named Michael came up with about uh, a flying ship, uh, a crew on a flying ship that uh, travels travels the multiverse doing good deeds and such. Um, anyway, uh, so Weatherlight, uh, the, so that story took us, uh, it, once we get to Tempest, to the plane of wrath. So Tempest block, so Tempest and Stronghold and Exodus all take place on wrath. So wrath is our first artificial plane. So wrath was a plane. So back in the day when planeswalkers were uber powerful, um, they could make planes. And I'm not, I don't know if we ever defined who made wrath. Maybe the Frexians made wrath? I'm not sure who made wrath. The Frexians used it as an invasion, uh, a way to get it to invade Dominaria. So I guess the Frexians built it or somebody, a planeswalker. I'm not sure who built Wrath. But anyway, Wrath is made of something called Flowstone. Um, but anyway, it's kind of a rough world. Um, it's where Volrath at the time lived. Volrath was um, Gerard's uh, adoptive brother named Vool. And so he went to Wrath and became Vool of Wrath. Um, he was a shapeshifter. Anyway, um, so Wrath... Uh, as, as you will see, if you're wondering whatever happened to Wrath, I'll, I'll explain when we get there. So after Tempest was Urza's Saga. So Urza's Saga was a prequel. We went back in time. So Urza's Saga was interesting. Uh, each color had its own location. Three of them were locations on um, Dominaria, so there was more Dominaria. Uh, but two of them were not. So uh, in black, we visited Phyrexia, which is the home of the Phyrexians. So we had heard of the Phyrexians in... Um, the Brothers' War in Antiquities, but we had never been to their home plane. Uh, and their home plane is influenced, like, by Dante's, uh, Dante's Hell, like, but, but there's, like, nine, um, there's nine circles inside each other, um, each one, like, more horrible than the one before it. Um, and this is where Yogmoth through the portal in the cave of Koilos, found Frexia. Um, it would later be discovered by Urza and Mishra. Um, but anyway, Frexia is a pretty nasty place. I, I don't quite know. I'm not sure whether the Frexians found it or whether they were there, always there. I, I don't know. But eventually, the Frexians overtook um, Frexia and renamed it. I guess. I guess when the Frexians take over something, they call it Frexia. Um, but this is the original Frexia. Obviously, we, we've met new Frexia, which we will get to momentarily. Um, but anyway. Uh, so the other one, in white, we met Sarah's Realm. So I talked about how planeswalkers can make a plane. 
Sarah made Sarah's realm. Sarah of Sarah Angel fame. The, the, uh, she was the, the lover in the Homeland story, and um, that ended sadly. And anyway, she made her own plane where all the angels lived. Where her, she made she made angels, uh, and it was kind of an unstable plane. And Urza needed energy to stop the Frexians, and ended up collapsing Sarah's plane to get the energy out of it. Um, he tried to get all the angels to leave, and a few of them wouldn't leave. And anyway. Um, not Urza's finest moment. Um, but Sarah's Realm, uh, it's, if you ever seen pictures of, like, floating land, like, like a world in which all the land is just floating, um, not Zendikar, which has floating mountains, but, like, like, like where the patches of the land itself are just floating patches. Anyway, that's Sarah's Realm. Um, okay, next. Uh, okay, so after Urza Saga, we got to Urza's Legacy, uh, Urza's legacy and Urza's destiny were back on, uh, back on Dominaria, telling the early days of uh, Urza and his plan to stop the Frexians. Okay, after Urza's saga, we get to Mercadian Masks. So Mercadian Masks took place on a plane called the Mercadia, which was kind of a, a merchant plane. Um, the idea being, I mean, it wasn't quite as cityish as Ravnica was, but had a city there. Definitely had some natural elements. For some reason it had an upside down mountain that I never understood. Um, but it, it is a world where things were bought and sold, and it's sort of a mercantile world was the premise of it. Um, the weatherlight, part of the Weatherlight Saga ends up there. They end up stranded on, on Mercadia for a while. Um, that's where they figure out the Frexians are... Well, I guess they figure out the Frexians were going to invade while on Wrath, but it's where they further understand what's going on. Um, I guess the Frexians are beneath Mercadia pl- planning their invasion. Uh, they end up going through, through the portal to Wrath, and then, um, well, we'll, we'll see in a second. Uh, okay, then what happens is in um, Nemesis, which is the second set in the Mercadian Black, we go back to Wrath, and we learn all about what's happening to Urtai and Krovax, who both have kind of turned evil. Um, and then, for Prophecy, we are back on Dominaria as we finish our, our story of um, the, the, or, well, the penultimate chapter of the the Weatherlight Saga. Then we have an invasion block, and so invasion, plane shift, and apocalypse all take place on Dominaria. It's the giant war. So what happens is the way the war works is the Phyrexians overlay Wrath onto. So they take the plane of Wrath, which is artificial, and they do something. I'm not sure what they do, but they, they overlay it so that Wrath coexists with Dominaria, and that's where Wrath is now. You can't go back to Wrath. Wrath now uh, has combined essentially with Dominaria, and so anything from Wrath is now sitting on Dominaria. Um, but anyway, the invasion is all about the invasion, and we watch um, Dominaria go through a major battle. Uh, it's the coalition, was the collection of all the forces of Dominaria fighting against the Phyrexians. Who wins? Dominaria, but, bar- but barely. Okay, so after invasion... Oh, one second. After invasion was um, Onslaught... Uh, sorry, it was Odyssey, and then Onslaught. So Odyssey, Torment, and Judgment... Um, we're all about, uh, we went to the a new continent of Otaria, and we meet uh, Kamal and the, Kamal and the Cabal. I thought that was funny. Um, and anyway, there's, so the, the story basically from Onslaught and Odyssey, Odyssey and Onslaught go together. So Onslaught's Onslaught, Legions, and Scourge. So basically we tell this big story that takes place over two years that's all in Otaria. Um, you can tell by the set of the sets that 
the the story and the sets aren't really playing nicely together yet because the the Odyssey and Onslaught couldn't be more different from sets, but they take place in the same place and Onslaught required a lot of uh, tribal stuff that wasn't in Odyssey, and so Onslaught did this weird thing like, well, it's a different part of of, of Alteria, but anyway, still still on Dominaria. Okay, finally, finally, we get to Mirrodin, which uh, begins the beginning of the end of us being on Dominaria. I mean, we, we'll revisit Dominaria one more time, coming up here in a sec, but, uh, but Mirrodin is a mechanical plane, also an artificial plane, made by Karn, uh, using the Mirari, uh, and it later was run by Memnarch. Um, so Mirrodin is a... Uh, we made an artifact set, but the flavor of Mirrodin is it's a mechanical plane, uh, the creatures living there all got brought originally from other planes, uh, and then over time, the essence of the world suddenly sort of seeping into their biology. So most inhabitants of Mirrodin have metal as a component part of their biology. Uh, it's the nature of the world, and sort of living there over generations, you're, you, you start to sort of imbue the metal of the world. Um, so Mirrodin has a couple planeswalkers we've met. Uh, the one that got a card is Koth. Koth is from Mirrodin, and also uh, Glissa and Slobad, who were both... Glissa was the main character in the original Mirrodin novel. Slobat was a character in that as well. And they both, at one point during the novel, became planeswalkers. Um, although both of them, I think, en- ended up being completed by the Phyrexians. I know for sure Glissa did. I think Slobat did. Okay, after Mirrodin was Champions of Kamigawa. So Champions of Kamigawa, Betrayers of Kamigawa, and Saviors of Kamigawa take place in Kamigawa. So Kamigawa was a Japanese-inspired plane. Um, so, uh, uh, I know we used a lot of Shinto. So in that, there's a war, um, Kanda, the Emperor Kanda, um, ends up taking an item that belongs to the Kami, which are the spirits, and this Kami are all freaked out about it, and there's a major war that happens between the humans and the spirits, um, and that all takes place on Kamigawa. Um, we, we know one planeswalker from Kamigawa that we've met in story, which is Tamiyo. So Tamiyo is from Kamigawa. She's a moon folk, and the moon folk originally are. That's where they're from. They're from Kamigawa. Um, notice we're still in the story part before planeswalkers were cards. So um, this is one of the ones we went back and made a character from there sort of after the fact. She showed up in Innistrad Block. Okay, so after Champs of Kamigawa is Ravnica. So we have Ravnica, Guild Pact, and Dissension. So Ravnica introduces the world of Ravnica, which I assume most of you know since it's a pretty popular world. Uh, so it's our city world. It's a, it's a plane covered completely with city. Every nuance. Now, there are some parks. There's some areas that are... There's a few areas that are not completely city, but, but they are parks and things. They are... I mean, the world is a giant city, and so um, it is... That's the essence of the world. The guilds live there... Um, it's run by the, the guild pack, which there's 10 guilds that all kind of have roughly agreed to get along. Um, obviously, during the course of the guild pack and ascension, the guild pack uh, gets broken, but it ends up being, they bring it back later. Uh, but Mirrodin, not Mirrodin, sorry, Ravnica is one of the most popular planes we've ever made. Um, I think a combination of people, I think people love the guilds is probably what it's most popular for. But being city, it gives it a little sort of different feel. Um, also, Ravnica... I know Dominaria and Ravnica have both had the quality of... They have a unique relationship with the multiverse. I think Ravnica is the somehow centered of... The, more planes go to Ravnica than go to other places. That There's something about... I don't know how blind maternities... Not maternities. The blind maternities work. Um, 
that that sort of make it when you're walking, you're more more likely to be able to get to Ravnica for some reason. I, I don't know the the metaphysics of it. Um, anyway, Ravnica has a couple of planeswalkers we know. Raul Zarek is from um, Ravnica. Domri Rod is from Ravnica, and Vraska is from Ravnica. So we've we've met a bunch of a bunch of different Ravnican um, planeswalkers over the years. Okay, so after Ravnica was Time Spiral. So Time Spiral, Planar Chaos, and Future Sight uh, is the last time uh, that we've been in Dominaria. That was our last trip in Dominaria. Was, uh, basically, the invasion of the Drexians caused all sorts of problems, and Dominaria had become kind of post-apocalyptic. Um, not all sections had become quite so bad, obviously, because um, uh, we had been in Otaria during the... Um, Odyssey and Onslaught stories. But anyway, things had gotten pretty bad, and so Time Spiral talked about how there was an, there was an accident, that the events on, on Dominari had to do probably with Tolerian Academy, had caused a temporal problem, and there was a major thing that needed to get fixed that was, in, that was threatening the entire multiverse. And in the act of fixing that, it sort of reworked how Planeswalkers worked. Uh, it's what we call the Mending. Uh, and the mending, um, the planeswalkers pre-mending used to be essentially gods. Like I said, they could make planes and they could pretty much do whatever they wanted. And it was a little harder telling stories about gods, so we depowered them quite a bit uh, and made the modern planeswalkers. Um, now, a bunch of the characters you know, you know exist from pre-mending. Liliana, Sorin, Ugin, Nicole Bolas, Karn. So there's a bunch of planeswalkers that pre-exist the mending that you know. Um, but anyway, that happens in Time Spiral Block. And like once again, that's all in Dominaria. Um, we actually jump around a bit so we could show a lot of different things because we're back. Um, Time Spiral had the problem of being super complex because we're just trying to compass so much of magic. Uh, and it jumps all around. It's really not super cohesive. Um, but if you had played magic at that point, it was kind of our tribute to magic. So the fans of magic that really knew all the things we were referencing had a lot of fun with it. But it was really, really confusing to people that weren't aware of that. Um, so, after Time Spiral um, was Lorwyn. So, Lorwyn was uh, a, it's a planet inspired by Celtic mythology. Or, sorry, Celtic, Celtic mythology. Um, and uh, it is... So, the, the world of Lorwyn and the world of Shadowmoor are related, which is Lorwyn is kind of a light, more happy ver- version of the world, and it goes through a change when it takes on a darker version, which is known as Shadowmoor. So Lorwyn and Shadowmoor are one singular world that, that uh, there's a aurora borealis or something, some sort of thing that changes everything. Uh, and then on every so often, it doesn't happen all that often, it changes over, and the, the nature of the world when it's Lorwyn versus the nature of um, Shadowmoor is very different. Lauren is very bright and relatively happy. Shadowmoor is dark and a little more creepy. Um, and so Lorwyn and Morningtide took place in the Lauren half, and then Shadowmoor and Eventide took place on the Shadowmoor half. Um, I don't, as far as I can tell, there's no Planeswalkers yet we know from Lorwyn. Now, Lorwyn was the place we introduced what we call the Lorwyn Five, which was um, a Johnny, Jace, Liliana, Chandra, and Garrick were originally the very first Planeswalkers of the new, you know, once Planeswalkers were cards. This was our introduction of them as cards, and it happened in Lorwyn. I don't think we even incorporated that in the story. 
Like, I don't, I mean, I guess they've been to Lorwyn, but I, I don't know. Like, there wasn't any story where these characters visited Lorwyn. We just introduced the Planeswalkers. Well, later on, starting, um, st- starting when they come back. So they, uh, after Lorwyn and Shadowmoor with Shards of Alara, we see them again appear in Shards of Alara, and then they're more involved in the story when we get there. Okay, I'll get to that in a second. Um, so Lorwyn, like I said, is, uh, the Celtic influences, they're... It was a tribal set, but uh, let's see if I can remember the eight tribes. There were fairies and giants and kithkin and el- there's the elementals called the flamekin. Uh, there were goblins and elves and uh, merfolk. So, um, and it definitely had, a, like I said, a, the Celtic mythology sort of dips his toes a little bit into fairy tale, but not not really. Because um, most of the fairy tales people know actually aren't Celtic, um, but it's the first set that had a little, little bit of that of that sensibility. Um, okay, so after uh, Lorwyn and Shadowmoor, we have shards of Alara. So we went to the plain of Alara. So Alara, um, the, unique, the unique quality of Alara is something happened to the plain, and it was shattered into five pieces or shards, if you will, and each shard only had three of the five colors of mana. So it did each color and its two allies. And so what happened was, well, what would happen if you had a world in which a color didn't have any, any enemies around? So uh, Bant was the white-centered, so green, white, blue. Bant ended up becoming very um, high fantasy, uh, castles and kings and knights and things, a little bit of a, a Camelot-ish vibe. Um, and it, it is the most tr- traditional, um, uh, one of the more traditional fantasy settings we've done, especially the sort of high fantasy. Um, then you get Esper, which is the blue-centered one, so white, blue, and black. And it was a world in which technology has sort of gone to the nth degree, where people uh, are trying to improve themselves. And, in fact, they started uh, replacing parts of their body with something called Ethereum. And so Ethereum is... Um, Ethereum is uh, kind of this metal. All, all the inhabitants of um, Esper are, are, are artifacts because they have, they've replaced enough of themselves that they're considered artifacts. Um, then you get to, what's the next one? Grixis, which is the black-centered, which is uh, blue, black, red. Grixis is a world of death and decay where it, it, things are just killing each other left and right. Um, then you get to Jund, which is the red-centered. Jund is um, uh, black, red, green. It is a very sort of wild place. Um, and it definitely, you know, it, it is sort of uh, the, the place of survival of the fittest. And there's just a lot of, like, the, the strong survive sort of feel. Then we get to Naya. Naya is the green-centered one, so red, green, white. Uh, it is kind of a jungle-based plane. Um, it has... Um, just sort of like nature gone, like nature left unchecked is kind of Naya. So we have two planeswalkers we know from Alara. Uh, Ajani is from Naya, and Tezzeret is from Esper. So we have Meta. Uh, there are a few other planeswalkers that visited. Um, uh, Elspeth went to Bant. Um, Krovax, not Krovax, uh, Nicole Bolas, I think, went to Grixis. And who was the last one there? Um, Sarkin Vol went to Jund. So we, we, 
there were five planeswalkers over the course of the block that each had visited one of the different shards. So eventually in the story, due to Nicole Bolas, the shards start coming together, they reunite, and there's lots of chaos as the world tries to adapt with all the different pieces of the world coming together. Okay, after Alara, so there was Alara, Conflux, Shards of Alara. After Shards of Alara was Zendikar. So Zendikar, World Wake, and uh, Rise of the Eldrazi take place on Zendikar. So Zendikar is an adventure world. It's a world where it's kind of like filled with treasure, but nature's going wild and sort of like planeswalkers coming here and, and that it's, there's, the world's ripe for, for you know, there's, there's lots of value to be gotten here, but it's a wild and crazy world you have to fight. And it, it definitely takes on that sort of D&D, Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of vibe. Um, we later learn that one of the reasons that the world's going so crazy is these ancient creatures have been trapped within it called the Eldrazi. Uh, the Eldrazi, due to uh, Nicole Bolas, tricks Jace and Chandra and Sark and Vol into kind of unlocking the prison. And then this is the one that kind of opens the door, um, thinking that they would flee her, her plane, but they don't. So it causes all sorts of problems. Um, so three, three planeswalkers, Ugin and Nahiri and Soren, had trapped them many, many years earlier, thousands of years earlier. Um, anyway, um, so Zendikar has three planeswalkers that we know from it. It's got Nahiri, who goes way back. It's got Nissa, and it's got Kiora. So those are three uh, Zendikarian, Zendikari uh, inhabitants. inhabitants. Um, but it definitely is a wild world, and the civilizations there are not, you know, they're, they're struggling to get by. Obviously, they had to deal with the, the invasion of the Eldrazi, um, and, and as we'll see later, um, they deal with it, but not yet. Okay, after Zendikar was Scars of Mirrodin. Uh, Scars of Mirrodin, um, Mirrodin besieged, and New Phyrexia. So we come back to Mirrodin. So Mirrodin, other than Dominaria, Mirrodin's the first plane we revisited. Um, and uh, Mirrodin uh, turns out that the Phyrexians are there. In fact, we had hinted at that when we first went to, to uh, Mirrodin. Uh, this was actually in our plans many, many years before. And so we slowly watch Mirrodin fall to the Phyrexians. And by the end of the block, Mirrodin becomes new Phyrexia. So the artifact plane now ha has um, some has the Phyrexians, who are artifact-loving creatures in the first place. Um, and so Mirrodin, which was the, originally started as the metal plane, turns into kind of the dark, the dark metal plane with new Phyrexia. Okay, so after Phyrexia, after new Phyrexia, is Innistrad. So Innistrad, Dark Ascension, and Avacyn Restored all take place on Innistrad. Innistrad is our gothic horror plane. Uh, it's got vampires and werewolves and zombies and spirits, uh, all these monsters that are taking, uh, trying to attack the humans of the world, and things are getting pretty dire. Um, for a long time, there was an angel named Avacyn that, along with her cadre of angels, protected the humans, but she had disappeared. Uh, you learn that uh, Avacyn was trying to get rid of all the demons in the world, trapping them in this thing called the Hell Vault. But when she go to, went to get Gristlebrand uh, and put him in, he pulled her in with him. And then it turns out Liliana saves the day, ironically enough, because she wants to find Gristlebrand to kill him. And so she ends up uh, using Thalia to break open the Hell Vault to get to Gristlebrand. But that also frees Avacyn, who manages to save the day. It doesn't last forever, as we'll see, but anyway... So that was um, Innistrad. So on Innistrad, we know a couple uh, planeswalkers. Soren Markov is from um, Innistrad. 
Tybalt is from Innistrad, and Arlen Cord is from Innistrad. So both our vampire and werewolf planeswalker are from Innistrad. So if you ever have a zombie planeswalker, maybe he'll be from here. Um, after Innistrad, we, we visit um, Theros. So Theros, born of the gods and journey to Nyx, is on the plane of Theros. So Theros is our Greek mythology-inspired blog, uh, world, not blog, inspired world. Um, so it had a pantheon of gods, and it has you know a, ver- a very you know Greek aesthetic, and there are hydras and Cerebuses and um, Medusa and Pegasus. You know, Pegasus. Anyway, all, all the stuff derived. Now a lot of magic derives from Greek mythology. So there's a lot of overlap between sort of normal magic and Theros. But Theros was us doing Greek mythology. Um, so the two planeswalkers that are from Theros, Xenagos, who we met in the Theros block, and we later learned that Gideon is from, um, is from Theros. Um, so after Theros, we visit Tarkir. So Khans of Tarkir, Fate Reforge, and Dragons of Tarkir. So Tarkir is a warlord, a, a war-torn world um, with a, a strong Asian influence. Um, there's different parts of it taken from different elements of, of, of Asia and some of, uh, I guess, a little bit of Europe. Um, so anyway, uh, we Sarkin returns home to find that his world has five distinct clans that are wed, wedge clans, so a color and their two enemies. Um, but Sarkin realizes... Uh, oh, oh, so the dragons have been killed off in this world. There used to be lots of dragons. Sarkin uh, loves dragons, so he ends up finding a way to go back in time. And... Ugin and Nicol Bolas are having a major battle, and Ugin is killed. But thanks to Sarkin, he saves Ugin. And so uh, Ugin's death had led to the, the stopping of dragon births. Because on Tarkir, dragons are born through this thing called a dragon tempest. Ugin has a special role that when he died, the dragon tempest went away. And then once the humans figured out there were no new dragons, they were able to kill off the old dragons. Um, the timeline has changed, and all of a sudden, now dragons rule. So instead of the clans, now there are dragon clans, and the dragon clans are two-color. Um, but the five original clans, if you go back in time to Favor Forge, the, the, the proto-versions of it were there. So uh, when we get back to Tarkir, we'll find out probably that the clans are not quite as dead as people think, um, although the dragons are very much alive. So right now it's this war-torn world run by dragons. Uh, from Tarkir, by the way, we know that Ugin is from Tarkir, we know that Sarkin Vol is from Tarkir, and we know that Narset is from Tarkir. So there's a bunch of Tarkir planeswalkers. Okay, after Tarkir was Magic Origins. So Magic Origins actually visited ten planes, a bunch of which we'd visited before, but a few we'd not. So the way it worked is each of the five characters that would later go on to be the first Gatewatch members, um, you get introduced to them, you learn their origin, you see them spark, and you see the first world they visit. So... Um, you find out that Gideon's from Theros, and his first walk, his, he goes to Alara on his, um, when he sparks, and ends up in Bant. Um, Jace, we learn, is from Vryn, which we had not known before, and uh, he ends up in Ravnica. Liliana is from Dominaria, which we did not know at the time either. In fact, we knew very little other than where Nyssa was from. Uh, and she ends up going to Innistrad. Um, in Red, we meet Kaladesh. Chandra is from Kaladesh, which... We, we knew we were going to, so we spent a little extra time in, in Origins introducing it. Uh, and then she ends up going to Regatha, which is a volcanic uh, world. Both Vryn and Regatha, by the way, showed up in Plane Chase, which is a um, supplemental set that uh, 
the way it worked is you traveled from plane to plane and different planes gave you different abilities, um, kind of based on the old Enchant World tournaments. Anyway, the, um, uh, there are a bunch of planes that get introduced in that product. Uh, in fact, most of the planes that exist in Magic, a good chunk, that's where they get introduced. Um, the one other place that we introduced planes was in the Future Sight during Time Spiral, the final set. The set was sort of this past, present, future feel. And in the future set, the future shifted sheet showed cards from alternate futures. And so the, the creative team had fun coming up with new worlds that we might want to visit. Um, and so a bunch of the worlds first show up there. Uh, both Argos and Mengseng, which would later become Theros and um, Tarkir, first showed up there. The reason the name changes, by the way, is it's a lot easier to name a card something. There's a lot more hoops to name uh, a game something. And so when we finally went to those places and then tried to use those names, it turned out they weren't, we, we didn't have what we needed to be able to use them as names. Okay, so after Magic Origins, so Magic Origins introduces Vryn, Ragatha, and Kaladesh. Um, so after Magic Origins, we do Battle uh, for Zendikar. So Battle for Zendikar and Oath of the, uh, Oath of the Gatewatch uh, is us returning to Zendikar. We find out that the Eldrazi are in charge and kind of the uh, rule the place, and the Zendikar are kind of rebels fighting to take back their homeworld. Uh, they manage to do it with the help of the Gatewatch, who forms during this story. Uh, and the Gatewatch uh, managed to kill off two of the three Titans, the ones that are there, Ulamog and Kozilek, who are there. Emrakul, where's Emrakul? We don't know, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, but anyway, the uh, Eldrazi managed to destroy parts of it, but there's still plenty of old Zendikar left, even if chunks of it are destroyed. Um, so next time we go back there, I think we'll probably revisit sort of Adventure World. Uh, people do like Zendikar. Okay, then um, after Zendikar was Shadows Over Innistrad, so Shadows Over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon, that was us returning to Innistrad. Um, so we, uh, Nahiri is mad about uh, what happened with the Eldrazi in her homeworld. So she drags Emrakul, she lures him, or her, to Innistrad to cause havoc on Innistrad. And um, Innistrad kind of takes a little bit of a turn. Um, it went from um, sort of traditional gothic horror into uh, a more, um, I don't know what to call it, uh, a different style of horror uh, with more, you know, mutations and people going mad and crazy, um, sort, sort of a... Uh, just a different feel. So, I mean, it's still the gothic horror set, but one of the things we sort of try to show with the Shadows of Innistrad uh, is that we could explore different um, styles of horror, if you will. That's the horror plane, but we can explore kind of different styles of horror there. Okay, after, um, after we visited Shadows of Innistrad and Eldritch Moon, we went to Kaladesh, Kaladesh and Aether Revolt. So Kaladesh is uh, on Kaladesh, obviously. So it is a sunny, bright, sort of steampunk world. Um, in, in Origins, like I said, we met Vryn, which was the, uh, the major wheel world. We didn't talk a lot about it. Regatha had a volcanic feel. Kaladesh is steampunk. But instead of being kind of dark, grimy, Victorian steampunk, we sort of made our own thing, what we call etherpunk. And it's bright and optimistic. And instead of having a Victorian feel that a lot of um, steampunk stuff, we went for an Indian feel. Um, it wasn't top-down Indian. It wasn't based on Indian mythology or anything. Uh, but just like Ravnica used kind of a, uh, you know, a Slavic sort of feel to its look, we used an Indian to our look in Kaladesh. Um, so Kaladesh has uh, its share of um, 
inhabitants. So Chandra and Dovin Ban and Sahili Rai are all from from Kaladesh. Kaladesh is very sort of a home to inventors, and uh, it's a more optimistic sort of. It's it's another plane that has a lot of technology, to, a lot of artifacts to it, but. These are more technology here than Mirrodin, which is, I used to say it's more biology, that the metal is there, but it's part of the world. And here, really what sets this world apart is the ether, that there's natural ether sphere that they can tap into, and they use the ether to get energy, and they use the energy to make all these cool inventions. Um, obviously, I can't talk too much about it. The next set we're going to visit, uh, starting soon, very soon actually, you guys, previews might have started by the time this goes, but uh, we're going to go to Amenkat. Amenkat is a um, Egypt-inspired world, um, one that Nicole Bolas built um, or shaped or had, had a heavy influence in, in making. Um, and uh, we'll learn more about that. But anyway, that's another cool world based on uh, a real-world influence. Um, I just want to mention a few worlds that we also know um, Fiora was Conspiracy 1 and Conspiracy 2. So Fiora first showed up in the Dark Horse did comics where the main character was Dak Faden. Um, it, it took place, his, Dak Faden uh, and, and a guy named Doretti, our Goblin Planeswalker, are both from Fiora. Uh, Fiora, like I said, has only showed up in the comic book and in Conspiracy and Conspiracy Take the Crown. Um, but it's pretty popular and we, we definitely put some stories there. Um, uh, the one other world that uh, we have visited in corsets is a place called Chandelar. So Chandelar first showed up in a computer game called Chandelar, nonetheless. Um, and uh, it's kind of a more generic world. We use it for, we, or we used it for corsets um, if we wanted to show generic things. Um, I think Chandelar is where the, the more humanoid-looking slivers come from. If you wonder where those came from. Um, uh, we've, so neither Fiora nor Chandelar have ever had a major standard legal set set there. I mean, they, uh, Chandelar showed up in the core set and Fiora showed up in conspiracy sets. But um, those are all sets that may, maybe one, one day we get there. Um, they're definitely... Fiora has a pretty strong... It's, it's kind of a medieval type city. There's a lot of intrigue, uh, a lot of backstabbing, and like a lot of, uh, sort of a place of political intrigue. Um, Chandelar is a little more generic, so I think we're more likely to go to Fiora in an expert set than we are to go to Chandelar, but, that, but you never know. Um, the one thing I wanted to point out before we finished up here is two things. One is, there's a whole bunch of other planes. I didn't get to all the... I, I got to the planes that have been major roles in Magic releases. Um, due to Future Sight and Plane Chase, especially Plane Chase, there's a whole list of planes that have names that we just haven't visited yet. Some of them, like, for example, Vryn Ragatha, we at least got to visit them a little bit. Um, Argos and Mongseng turned into Theros and um, Tarkir, so some of them we have essentially visited, even though the names may have changed. Um, but there is an uh, infinite number of worlds, and so I know that there are some fun worlds coming. Um, okay, uh, just because I talked where all the Planeswalkers came from, uh, not every Planeswalker, we know where they're from. So here are some planeswalkers that we don't know what plane they're from. Garrick, no idea where he's from. Elsbeth, we know the Frexians invaded it, but we don't know where it's from. Obnixilis, I don't think we know where he's from. Uh, Ashiok, we know so little about Ashiok, including all sorts of things about Ashiok, but uh, we don't know where Ashiok is from. Kaya, Kaya showed up in Conspiracy Take the Crown. Don't know where Kaya is from. So we have a bunch of planeswalkers that we still don't know where they're from. But anyway, to recap, 
Magic has a lot of planes. The major planes, at least planes that we've visited in uh, a normal set, have been, once again, Dominaria, Rabia, Agrotha, Wrath, Sarah's Realm, Phyrexia, Mercadia, Mirrodin, that would later become New Phyrexia, Kamigawa, Ravnica, Alara, Zendikar, Innistrad, Theros, Tarkir, Vryn, Ragatha, Kaladesh, Fiora, Chandelar, and coming soon, Amonkhet. So, in the early years, I think we really sort of stayed a little too long in the same place, and they're definitely continents of Dominari. They should have just been their own plane. Um, but as you can see, we've quickly corrected that. So, so you are a planeswalker, and you get to walk the multiverse. So one of the cool things about the game, I think, is our multiverse. And like I said, um, if you haven't had a chance, go to our website um, for not all of these, most of these planes. All the planes in which, um, all the, at least the recent planes uh, since the, uh, I think since maybe mirrored and forward, um, all those planes that we visited are, we have a page about planes on our website. It'll tell you all about the planes. It'll show you pictures of the planes. It'll give you background on planes. Um, it'll show you what planeswalkers are from the planes. Um, so if you want to learn more about the planes, there's lots and lots of data on our website. We've also written um, some guides to, uh, guides to different planes for different, uh, not, we don't every plane, but we have some of them for some planes. So anyway, if you want to learn more about the multiverse of Dominaria, it's a pretty cool aspect. Um, one of the things that I want to do with this podcast is introduce you to all the different facets of magic. Well, the places of magic, the worlds of magic, the planes of magic is a pretty, one of the most identifying things about us. Um, and so, you know, I do know as we sort of talk with other people, um, like, uh, like the, the movie people, we talked to the movie people and we showed off our worlds that are so impressed that not just that we have cool worlds, but we have so many cool worlds. And guess what? As somebody who's, who's looking years ahead, we're making even more cool worlds. So, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed today's sort of glimpse at the planes of magic. But I'm here at Rachel's school, so we all know what that means. It means it's the end of my drive to work. Instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time.